friends. Welcome to the Universal Sisterhood Podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart has been created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their story. Welcome to episode 85. In today's episode, I chat with the beautiful Quain. Quain saw a need in uh, in the market, so to speak, for women, and she developed in 2013 a basketball team, which has now become a basketball club, and that club is called Embers Basketball. And it's a wonderful community that accompanies women in living life to the fullest through basketball, through friendship, and through faith. Um, she goes on to talk about how this beautiful ministry not only um, do you discover companionship but you also discover a lot about yourself along the way i'm so so glad that i stumbled across this beautiful community and i i hope you uh, look into it if you're really interested um, check them out on instagram um, at embers basketball Enjoy your week, and if this episode helped you, please consider sharing it with a friend. So my name is Quain. I grew up in Western Sydney. My parents are from the Philippines, and when I was one, they made a decision to make their way to this wonderful country. I spent a big chunk of my life uh, living out at, um, I guess, what they call the the most um, dense of populations when it comes to migrants from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And so in many ways, I really grew up with the this dual culture of multiculturalism, a bit of a melting pot. Uh, with the richness of faith. So it's a very cultural faith that I grew up with. Um, My parents gave birth to uh, a boy when I was two. And so it was just my brother and I growing up and I found a lot of uh, joy having someone that I can tag along with me different places at school even. And so I didn't always feel like I fit in when I was in school. I found that I had a lot of questions about life and in many ways, it made the other kids quite uh, apprehensive to be friends with me because I just had this inquisitive nature to want to ask about anything. Uh, and so as a result, uh, I was often bullied uh, in primary school. And, and it, I think it left a sense of um, anger in me when I left primary school and I entered my high school life just really convicted and um, feeling like I never ever want to be put in that position ever again and so I think it really did light a flame in me growing up in, uh, in high school although that didn't stop me from feeling like I was different so when I was finally invited to youth I uh, was 15 so a youth camp it was a charismatic community called uh, Colors for Christ Youth for Christ it was really then that I began to a sense of belonging. Uh, and what I really loved about the community was it taught me how to pray in a very personal way. Mm. So I had grown up, like I said, in this cultural faith where my mom really loved 
a rosary and I had a great devotion to Mary and we would go to Sunday Mass, but really it became quite personal when I hit uh, my, my teens and in youth. Can but like I, I said, can I ask a sure. question? So when yeah, you course. were when you were um, discovering your faith, like when once you got to high school, was there a divide in like your friend? Did your friends notice that you were going in one direction and they were going in another, or were, were your friends with you in the youth group? And was 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 it a Catholic school for starters? And yes, it was a it was a Catholic school. Uh, so. I think at the beginning, um, the invitation came from friends who were in in the Catholic space, so who were already in youth groups. So I didn't find it too difficult to um, find connections and friendships. I think it was really when I began exploring what I was going to do after high school that the duality of life experience, so like this dual life started to really come out. So I had this great desire to still want to be someone of faith, but I was also being pulled into new experiences and invitations from new friends. Um, and that was a bit of a tension that I experienced uh, much later in my teen, early 20s. Mm-hmm. That's that's a normal progression, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, by the I think grace of God go I, no? <laughs> that's it. I mean, I think that's where we find, at least in, in my working youth ministry for the diocese, it's it's really that age group that has a lot of uh, curiosity around, you know, what does faith mean to them? How is it still relatable? And I think that's where a big part of my interest in in the gifts of the world and how we can bring that together to give people a sense that your faith is not separate from the things that you can experience in daily life, like sports, like art, like yeah. you know, t- movies or whatever it might be that um, is part of our life. I think Bishop Barron, I heard him say once that that age um, group between fifteen and seventeen is, if you if you can capture their heart there, mm. um, that's half the battle. So mm. it's that inquiring mind, that stage where they want to try new things, they want to step out of, you know, they want to test the boundaries, they just want to fit in. Um, mm. If you can capture their heart there, um, and that's really confronting for me because I, you know, I've had half my kids through that stage and I've still got half to go and it's like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to stop it up. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I found, I mean, this is something that I had some really good conversations with my parents about uh, as, you know, I got older and I was much more open about, you know, my life experiences as a, as a young person. Uh, I think, you know, as parents, you know, they do the best that they can and I'm sure that you do as well. Um, I realised that it gets to a point where it really is on you as an adult. You decide how you would like your faith to be like, how much you're willing to dive into it, who you're willing to surround yourself with and, and how that then um, manifests in, in your your behaviours and actions, what you care about and, and then ultimately what you pursue. Yeah. And 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 it's not up to the parents. Like the parents do all they can yeah. and then they have to let grace and let God and let free will and, you know, let that come into play because... We're not the saviour, he is. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. uh, that's that, that step of faith, I think, as parents to let go. Um, what can, can you see, how, how long have you been working with the youth? In 
I've been working in the youth office for the Diocese of Paramount now for about five years. Has there been uh, a change or it's pretty much... I'm sorry, I started as a local engagement leader and only in the last uh, year I've been now the manager of the office. Okay. Has there been a change in... Would you say that people are more interested, children, are teens are more interested in their faith or less? I think it really depends on on who God gives you, to be honest. I mean, and if you look at the whole world, there is a decline of uh, young people. They're losing interest in faith. They're losing interest in, in structured religion. And so uh, there is a sense that uh, if, you know, you could say that there is a loss of interest, but I have hope because the conversation that I'm, I'm having is that young people are a lot more curious and they have access to information they have the capacity to be able to go in different directions and seek out truth and seek out, uh, you know, the depths of, you know, who God is and who he is not. And so I think that, the, you know, while there is a, a losing of interest, I think there's, there are young people who are a lot more intentional about the pursuit of faith. Mm. How good, how good. And, and there is so much goodness out there. We just have to know about it so we can tap into it as parents, mm. and, you know, to lead our children there. Um, so we'll, we'll get on to, uh, I'll ask you at the end if you could give us some links or places where parents, where mums can go to um, encourage their children. But what I really wanted to talk to you about was your special um, way of your gifts, how you're using your gifts to bring women to give women an encounter with Christ um, mm. can you talk a little bit about that because I just thought it was so beautiful and it was so um, like it was it was an organic process from what from from the way I'm looking at it and just how the fruits you know that are coming from that so could you talk a bit about your little ministry can we call it that <laughs> I, I mean some people might call it a mystery I like to call it a community Beautiful. I think that really reflects the the heart of the the values of Embers basketball. So I, as I mentioned, I, part of my own upbringing is that I didn't always feel like I belonged, and part of that is because I grew up with a brother who loved sports. So him and I would play games, and we'd play with the neighbors, and we'd we'd you know um, take our bikes uh, <laughs> on any given weekend and go. God knows where we went. And um, and so I just had this really active childhood. And so when I would go to school, I didn't always feel like I could um, do the same with, with some of my girlfriends. And so that was really expressed through team sport and particularly through basketball. So I was introduced to basketball when I was in year six. And I just fell in love with the game. I had spent a few years exploring other sports. My parents were very generous in, in giving me the space to see what I really um, enjoyed. And it was really there that I felt like I could be myself. Uh, and, and going through high school, there weren't, weren't many um, teams where I could join that were just women. It was mainly my high school mates, who are mainly guys, who said, Queen, you should join the team. And I would verse all these other teams with boys and so it just it, it made me well it made me feel like I could be myself I, I knew that there was always this that um I didn't feel like there were spaces for women to enjoy the game and, and to build community and and to really in, enjoy the gifts that sports could bring women mm. and so 
I had spent a couple of years in, in uh, leadership in youth ministry with a few of my friends who were women. And we decided uh, once we had gotten a little bit too old to be serving in youth ministry that we would start a basketball team because it was our way to continue accompanying one another through life and faith. And because we entered into a local competition, that meant that we would have to see each other every single week because we would have to play our games mm. every single week. And that meant that we could be quite consistent like we used to move through. And over time, what had happened was um, many women who were also in that space of moving on from youth ministry, or they had seen that we had you know, created this community, began asking if there were spaces. And to be honest with you, we had no intention of, of growing and, and building on our one team. But the invitation and the curiosity of women um, really spark that and we've now grown after we're going to hit 10 years of embers next year uh, we now have four teams I think we've engaged about 80 or so women over the years uh, we have coaches and starting to look at ways in which we can be a little bit more intentional about invitation and development of women in, in sport but I think at the core of it it really came from uh, understanding that no, no man is an island. So community is a huge part of it. Mm. Faith and, and the values of our faith are in, integrated into everything that we do. So encouragement, compassion, generosity, all of the, these gifts that we try to foster and nurture in the women. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is definitely trying to build confidence in women. I think women... Confidence, all, did you say? Confidence, confidence. Yeah, confidence. That's, that's crucial. If there's anything that I find, so now I'm I'm in this space where I'm I'm exploring the possibility of becoming a coach and and tapping into different ways that I could be a basketball coach. And every time that I've coached or trained women, the one thing that stands out to me is uh, a big part of why they can't excel or they don't move forward in skill level or development is because they lack confidence. Mm. And so I'm trying to see how confidence fits into basketball. And at least the de development of confidence fits into the realm of basketball and how that can also then enter into other areas of their life, whether it be work, studies, faith, um, their own sense of uh, well-being, uh, self-worth. So all of these things I think Embers has been able to um, figure out over the years. But like I said, it definitely wasn't the intention, but mm. God moves in really wonderful ways. Why do you think it is confidence? Because, do you think the enemy likes to kneecap us, prevent us from? <laughs> I think, you know, there's that saying that uh, comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. But I think comparison is also the thief of confidence. Mm. I think it really um, brings us down when we compare ourselves. I mean, and, and as women, we're so, um, I think we've been conditioned, or at least the world conditions us to think that we're not enough. I mean, everything everything that you see in terms of marketing and advertisements and branding tells you you need more of these things to be worthy. worthy. Yeah. And so in the space of embers, in the space of basketball, my invitation is always you show up as yourself, that's enough. Build your confidence and you'll see how you flourish. I think that's that's part of the messaging that we have. That's so beautiful. And every every team member is valuable. Like yeah. we need you as much as we need the best shooter or, you know, we need you in that. I remember sitting um, 
our, our my church has a big sandstone wall. Um, it's very beautiful. But I remember reading the passage about the um, cornerstone and and I was reading that sitting there in front of the tabernacle and I was looking at the wall and I thought, wow, even that tiny little rock down the bottom, if that wasn't there, the whole structure would be less, you know, it, it could potentially crumble. Mm-hmm. Like we need that little, you know, wobbly rock on the side as, as much as we need the, you know, the big boulder in the middle. Like we're all valuable pieces and without it's lacking. 100%. I believe in that so much. I feel we are so interconnected. Mm. And when we talk about the body of Christ and how that looks like for me in, in a basketball team, every single person on there is meant to be there. And my hope is that we're able to create a space and a community that women come through and feel like I am valuable and I have something to give, I have something to offer, not because of what I do, but because of who I am um, inherently. And so, you know, over the years, we've we've had to navigate through some challenges um, because basketball is a competitive sport, you know, and, and for a lot of a lot of competitions, the mindset is winning. And we've almost had to shift that sort of value or at least the emphasis on on winning from from that to community or compassion or development. So it's not only about winning because if you if you go about life, and I think this is what's really great about sport, a couple of years ago the Vatican released a document called Giving Your Best Self. And it's all about how sports is able to teach us about faith and community and break down uh, barriers that that can lead to peace and harmony and, and fraternity. And one thing that I really took out from there is just this sense that sports doesn't need to only be competitive. It can be a vehicle for a whole bunch of other different things. It's really about the lens in which we look at sports. And I think that's that's a big part of what inspires Embers and at least the leadership team in, in our pursuit of, you know, what's next. That's beautiful. I mean, we are wired for connection. We're wired for community. And mm. I think COVID kind of robbed robbed that from everybody. Did you notice there was a COVID effect? I know you probably weren't playing, but did you lose contact with people? Did they drop out? Was coming back into a sporting community hard? What? How did COVID affect you? Uh, yeah, COVID was tough. I think individually mental health really suffered. I think uh, it, it made people feel... Um, the struggle was really heightened, I think. I think people in general in, a, in our Western culture already have the messaging of individualism pumped into them, even prior to COVID. Mm. So then you put COVID in the mix and then this sense of uh, individual struggle is heightened. And so I think, you know, not having basketball was a big um, struggle for many people, any sports really, I think. Even till now, it's affected people. I don't think we've fully recovered mm. from, you know, this, this, I would say, some might say it's a, I think it's trauma. I think there's residual trauma mm. that's come from COVID. Uh, and I think the challenge that we had, and I'm not sure if we did it well, but the challenge that we had was transitioning out of that reality into, some people would say, back to normal life. I don't think we 
we would, it would ever be called normal again. Yeah. But I think there's still processes of healing that we haven't fully mm. um, entered into after COVID. And my hope is that basketball is one way of, you know, allowing people to process healing through connection mm. and conversation and also with their physical bodies to be able to get to a point where they're moving and, and engaging all of their senses, which, which they didn't have during COVID. So perhaps basketball in a way has given that opportunity for the physical side of healing. Yeah. Have you, have you seen that basketball or being physically active has helped women um, become more comfortable in their bodies? Not only yes. a sense of community, but but appreciating that my body doesn't have to look like you know a, a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. It just has to be able to move. I have to be, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's got power, and it's and and that itself is beautiful. Mm-hmm. How could you speak into that a little bit? Yes, yes, indeed. I one of the things that we started with Embers was that we prayed before and after all of our games. So. In our local comps, before we get on the court, we'll say a prayer. And one of the prayers that we often hear, so it's usually spontaneous praising, uh, praying. And um, some of the words that often come out is, thank you, Lord, that we can run, that we can move, that we can shoot, that we can defend. All of these great things that, you know, that lead to this appreciation of the fact that we, we're all so different. And then God gives us this capacity to be able to use it in, in a purposeful and meaningful way. So... Absolutely. I think if you look at some of the photos that we have online, all of our women are so different, very all from walks of life that are not the same. And I think that's what the gift of being able to be in community is, is that, you know, we don't come into community in, in embers to compare. We really want to honour each and every single woman that comes through, no matter what they might look, look like, mm-hmm. which isn't really a thought that we often have, to be honest. So lovely. So refreshing. I know my daughter um, said to me the other day, one of my old, my oldest daughter, and she said, I'm so, because pr- we live in the Blue Mountains, so um, mm-hmm. Penrith Panthers is our local, you know. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. And she said to me, because she doesn't live at home anymore, she lives, you know, in the city and she mixes with all sorts of people, but she said, mm-hmm. I'm so proud of our, of, of that Panthers is our football team. And I said, Why? She said, yeah. they get down and they pray every I mean, I don't know how authentic it is and I don't, I'm not judging their intentions, but the fact that they get down, you know, everybody else is cheering and carrying on and at the end of every match, the, the Islanders will get down and pray, you know, and that is such a witness to mm. the world, really. Do, do you find that other basketball teams are, uh, look at you and think what are they doing over there or have that have you had any comments have has there been any kind of um um you know any interaction with the other teams because you're praying before and after a a match again i think a lot of it is really a conversation starter we've had referees officials sort of approach us other teams will recognize embers they'll say oh you're that team that in the past they'll say oh you're that team that prays and but I think the witness really comes from the way that we play on the court. So mm-hmm. whenever there's a bad call or, you know, there's a bit of rough, a rougher sort of like interaction, it's, it's our uh, capacity to, to be able to move on from it, to mm-hmm. keep our temper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even for me, I mean, the virtues that I've learned through basketball have been just such a gift. 
I used to have a go at the ref every time they called something that I didn't agree with. And now I, I mean, over the years, teammates have pulled me up on it and I'm a, I'm a little less aggressive and angry on the court. So I, I mean, it's just such a gift to be honest, that we can be not only a witness, but also have uh, our, our um, character built through sport. Yeah. An opportunity. You've been given an opportunity to grow that muscle, that virtue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And what a gift, as you said. Have any women on the side breastfeeding a baby whilst, you know, in between, in between games? Like, do you accommodate for, for mums with, with bubs? Oh, of course. We, we have, um, we have mums who come to training with their kids. And so we have, sometimes we have spaces where they can just play. Um, we're very open to that. A couple of our um, players have had babies through the course of their time with us and they've sort of, um, you know, stepped out for a season, they've come back. Others are really enthusiastic about coming back, even though they've, they've only given birth six months ago. So we're very open to seeing ways that we can invite women who are mums. In. And are they all uh, Catholic women or are they from all walks of life and they... Yeah, we used to, um, predominantly Catholic, but we, I mean, now that we're... Uh, we're much more open in terms of women that we invite. Um, it's a it's a good mix. So we have women who are not of the Catholic faith, some who uh, don't necessarily pray, uh, but very welcome in the space. We just have a conversation with them about you know these little practices that we do to to keep our culture centered on you know the values of our of our faith, compassion, generosity. Um, all of that. So. so lovely. It's so lovely to hear. So where can they find you? Um, you're called Embers. Embers Basketball. You can find us online on Instagram. We use Instagram a lot at the moment. Um, but if you were to type it up, Embers Basketball, I'm sure that anyone could find uh, just the different platforms that we exist on. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, we're all on those different <laughs> platforms. I love Embers. Is that, a, is that a nod to the Holy Spirit? Yes, actually, it was... It was inspired by uh, a friend and I did a class, must have been 10 years ago, and it was a short course. And the lecturer was saying that as uh, Christians, we should be like little embers in the world. Mm-hmm. And we looked at each other and we said, oh, that must, that must be the name that God is asking us to call our basketball team. So uh, it, it is it's definitely a nod to the Holy Spirit. How gorgeous. Okay. So at the end of it, is there anything else you'd like to say to encourage the women um in this kind of space like using nothing i think to be honest with you i think if if what i know to be true of of women is that we're we're in many ways we do lack that confidence often in different areas of our life and i would encourage women to to find ways to build their confidence because i think once we figure that out there is incredible potential mm. to give to the world as fully um, as we're called to and to show up as authentically as we're, we're invited to. So co- confidence is a big thing for me, for women, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Even, I mean, the last podcast I did was on birth and even giving women confidence that they can actually do this. You know, we, we 
are made for hard things as well. Yes. Bodies can do hard things. Don't be afraid of the hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We shy, like we doubt ourselves constantly. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. So confidence, I couldn't agree more. You know, even even in last night I had, uh, there was a few things that went on at work and I was relaying to my husband on the train on the way home through text messages and I just said, you know, relaying. He said, never apologise for, you know, what you've done. Like you did the right thing. Don't apologise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'm sitting there, tears. I, I okay. cry. <laughs> And this is this is precisely you know sometimes when I when I train some of these women and whatever small nudge they have to another player they'll apologize say oh sorry and I said no one rule for the next thirty minutes no sorries no apologies whatever bump whatever sort of move you make nothing of that sort and I think it's those little things that we don't even notice um, yeah. yeah it's it's confidence it really is mm. and it's not being it's not being a um proud or arrogant it's just asserting yourself would you agree i i absolutely it's not arrogant it's not ego it's not pride it really is this i would say uh, uh, you embracing yourself so that when you show up it's authentic and Mm -hmm. it's true and it and it it reflects the dignity in which god has given you Mm. And that's not something to be ashamed of or to shy away from. It really is um, a, a call for our um, for who we are to to be seen, and that re- it, you know, that, that reflects Christ, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't apologize when he upturned the tables, did he? <laughs> no, no, he didn't. That's him, authentic. Yeah, that's it. Um, Quain, thank you so much. But before we finish the conversation, at the end of every podcast, I ask my guests something that brought them joy this week. So mm-hmm. is there anything you can think of that has brought your little heart, your beautiful feminine heart, joy this week? Oh, yes. So the diocese has officially launched uh, the, the, the 12-month journey to World Youth Bay. So yeah. that got launched today. And one thing that has given me joy is just the design of our branding. And it's this incredible, I'm, I'm sure you can have a look at it online, but it's this beautiful image of Our Lady. And it reflects the theme of Mary arose and, and set out in haste, with haste. And it's a bit different from uh, other images of Our Lady. This one's a bit more like a superhero. I just love the way in which our designer has, has put that together. And that, that's given me a lot of joy as um, the last week to see that. So have a look so, at it and let me know what you think. So World Youth Day, mm-hmm. so you're designing, is this for the oh, World Youth Day for the whole world, that design, or is it just for the? For the Diocese of Paramount. Okay. Yeah. So it's the branding that we're, we're journeying with and the, the, it will become the theme of a lot of different things that we do. How beautiful. Where is World Youth Day? It'll be in Lisbon next year. Oh, that's right. That's right, yeah. One of my, one of my, two of my girls want to go. Oh, excellent. They can go with us. Okay, cool. (laughs) That'd be awesome, actually. Um, Oh, that's beautiful. I I did see something pop up on Instagram. Was it this morning? Yes, it was this morning. I haven't, I didn't look at it, but I will definitely. No problem. (laughs) We're really keen to share, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Awesome. So where can people find you? And so Catholic Youth Parramatta. Okay. Definitely those two, two big okay. ones. Okay. Awesome. Well, what brought me joy was um, just I had a bit of trouble going on yesterday at work and just these two beautiful women were, they stood by my side the whole day, not, not literally, but they basically walked me through it um, side by side, holding my hand through every step, you know, every difficulty. And I just, I couldn't have done it without them. They brought me so much joy yesterday. Yeah. So just, yeah, it was, it was so beautiful to see women accompanying other women and helping them and, you know, picking yes. them up and not being afraid to say things to me and me not being afraid to receive help or, you know, it was really, really encouraging. It made a pretty horrible day hmm. a good day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, in, in right. all, all things aside. Yeah, it was really that. lovely. Anyway, you get back to your ministry. <laughs> your <office. laughs> Thank you so much. So Thanks grateful to have you, and um, I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. So thank you, Chloe. No problem. Anytime. See ya. See ya.